face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Welcome to the one and only Film to Film podcast. Here I'm with my very good friend James Shergan. My name is Iñak Linero. How are you doing? I am hanging in there. Uh, I have been uh, having a week of moving, so I haven't watched all that much uh, this week. So I've been quite busy. I, uh, this is one of the last films I saw. Saw it about um, five days ago. Um, so looking forward to talking about it with you because I know this was a big uh, anticipated one uh, for for you at least. And I think we watched it at almost the perfect time of the year. Yep, exactly. Actually, that's why I picked this movie. So to, today's movie is uh, Midsommar or Midsummer. I don't know how to pronounce it really. Whoa, it means Midsummer. Just kidding. I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I actually say it in the movie. Uh, that's how like the Swedish people said it. So I, I, I think I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it, it might be Midsommar, Midsommar or Midsummer. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a great movie though, especially for now because it's, you know, June. Flowers are out, everything is green, the sun is out, mm-hmm. and I think uh, this movie represents all of that. It's the beauty of summer, right? <laughs> uh, kind of like a, a sequel to 500 Days of Summer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, what do you, you know, this, is this the first time you saw the movie? Yeah, so this is the first time I watched the movie. Um, I watched it on your recommendation. Um, well, I actually watched it for this podcast. Um, and I knew it was something you had been looking forward to. I think we watched uh, Ari Aster's previous film together. Um, but uh, I did... Uh, it, it's a... Uh, I feel like regardless of what you feel about Midsommar, how much you like it or dislike it, it's one of those films that'll stay with you. Uh, there are some extremely memorable images and just sort of the um, the really bright uh, uh, midsummer palette of just like total, there's like very little darkness in this movie, uh, quite a big contrast to his previous one, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that it just makes quite an impression. And uh, you could like or dislike uh, where the film goes and... And I'd say I'm definitely a bit more on the like category, um, although there are some things that I would have uh, probably uh, some some small uh, things that I, I per- preferences that I would have gone maybe a slightly different way. But I think uh, for the most part, I really enjoyed the film. Somewhere for right. me between like really enjoyed and really really enjoyed. Oh, that's good. That's good. And I definitely want to hear more uh, later about uh, what you you could have improved in the movie. Uh, not not me uh, would have improved just small cr- critiques. I I wouldn't want to use criticism. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Criticism is a word. Another one would be opportunities, right? That's that's a corporate yeah. speak for saying uh, this part sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, you know. But but th- uh, this for you is your third time watching it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, the, the first time I saw it was, uh, I heard a lot of good stuff about it. Uh, it came out in one of those streaming services. I'm not going to mention which one unless they're paying for us. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, I watched it mainly because, I, as you said, we, we watched the Hereditary together. And I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. 
and watching this one, I I also enjoyed it a lot. I like horror movies, yeah. So I am very forgiving of any shortcomings that sometimes they do have, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I liked the movie, so I watched it again with my uh, partner on. She enjoyed it too. She watched it mainly because uh, uh, a lot of people talked about Florence uh-huh. Pugh's uh, great performance. So you felt so, strong enough in your relationship to watch it with your partner. Exactly. Yeah. And well, then, I, uh, well mm? yeah. go ahead. I was like, you're, you've been with her for many, many years, so I guess. Exactly. You, exactly. Yeah, fine. she yeah. knows me. I know her. And then I, uh, um, I saw it again actually yesterday. In order to talk about it, so okay. have you? Uh, has your impression of it changed over these times, or did you have you gone from really like to liking it a little less, or or the opposite, or or what would you say about the same throughout? I would say about the same throughout. Um, every time I watch it, there's something new I, I find in the movie, so that has been enjoyable, and I think the movie has so many little elements that probably I'm. I'm not gonna probably not gonna watch it again for a while, since I've already seen it three times within I would say five months. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, maybe I'll see it later, much later in the future. Right. I think this is one of those uh, staple horror movies. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, reading the tea leaves on what's gonna happen in the future is not smart, but I, I think this one will. St- Will be a classic at some moment. I would not be surprised. Uh, it's very unique. Uh, just that sort of like, I can't think of another brighter lit horror film. Um, and it just has so many affecting images that, uh, like, I think at worst it's going to be a cult film where yeah. it has a really strong following of people and some people might dislike it, but uh, it has like its fans. Right. Yeah. Right, and and I think the whole uh, like and dislike is a very particular thing on the horror genre. I don't know why, but like in 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 the genre, almost every movie. Like, I feel like it's one of the more controversial genres in the sense that you will always have at least twenty percent of people not liking it. I know that's an arbitrary number, but I mean, I'm saying like a large percentage of people are just not gonna like it. Period. And right, I mean, horror has never been the critics' genre. Put it like, yeah. To put it lightly, and oftentimes these films take, I don't know, it takes some time to pass before we really know what are going to be like the canonical horror films and what's going to be, I don't know, mm-hmm. not the canonical horror films. Exactly. All right. Well, you know, uh, as usual, we're going to give out the Wikipedia summary. So basically, Wikipedia says it follows a group of friends who travel to Sweden for a festival that occurs once every 90 years, only to find themselves in, a, in the clutches of a pagan cult. I think, I think that's a pretty, dis, pretty good summary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that, that, uh, that sums it up quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bravo, Wikipedia. That's one sentence. Yeah. Hulk plot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit about the movie. The movie was uh, written and directed by Ari Aster, uh, the second major film done by him after Hereditary. 
the movie starts with uh, stars Florence Pugh, uh, Danny, uh, I mean Jack, uh, Jack Rayner, uh, William Jackson Harper, Wilhelm Blogram, and Will Poulter. Poulter. I don't know. Okay. I'm bad at pronouncing names, especially the the uh, Swedish one. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless they But, can pronounce your name, then who cares? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's true. Very true. Um, the movie itself was very successful. Uh, it uh, cost $9 million to make. And then it re uh, recouped $47.9 million. So great job at the box office, uh, especially for uh, quote-unquote independent film. So, right. Yeah. Um, so... One thing I must say is, like, would you say this is more of a character-driven movie or more of a scene, an overall, or more of a scene, plot-based movie? I'd say more character-driven uh, overall. Uh, I think the pace of it is a little slower than your average horror film. I mean, just from the runtime alone of, uh, mm -hmm. I think, two and a half hours-ish. Uh, it's quite long, and, and I think a lot of it does focus on uh, the characters and, and their relationships, specifically between um, uh, Florence Pugh's character and uh, uh, the other guy. Uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with, with that actor well enough, so the guy that kind of looks like Chris Pratt and Seth Rogen <laughs> combined together. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, goofy, the goofier version of Chris Pratt. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Honestly, I thought, I mean, this is a, a tangent, but he kind of looked like Chris Pat for a long time, and then like two-thirds of the way through the movie, he turned into Seth Rogen, and I was just wondering if he <laughs> had too much, like, psychedelics, like the Swedish meatballs too much or something, and just, like, gained a bit of weight, uh, but uh, that was that was my impression of him. I mean, the, the film is centered around uh, Florence Pugh, more so than him, um, Yeah, their relationship is the core to it. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, so I would say, uh, for me, definitely more character-driven. So uh, what stood out for you in the movie? I mean, some of the imagery, um, like the first 20 minutes of it, it's like still in America. Uh, I don't even know where in America. Uh, some college town, probably. Um, and that, that's visually quite different. I think it's like, is it snowing there? No, no, it can't uh, be the, snowing. It's got to be... At the beginning, it's snowing, yeah. Oh, that's kind of... Okay, but that's showing um, somewhere in Sweden. Well, so... And, and I mean, that's unclear, right? Uh, one, one thing about the beginning is... Well, the very first shot is a very colorful painting, right? Right, right. And then after that, it, it, it switches directly to some winter hellscape uh, where you just see trees and whiteness and uh, and then you go into whatever town they are but uh, uh, whatever or city the uh, Florence Pugh is right. which is in the US there it is actually snowing uh, right which which actually like if you think about it I don't know how much that makes sense it, I mean it doesn't really give you a great sense of time how much time passes in the first part of it but Like, they're going to the Midsommar Festival during around the summer mm -hmm. solstice, which is, like, June 20th-ish. And, like, they, they let her know quite shortly after the film starts that they're going uh, in a few weeks. So, uh, 
I don't know when that was, but I'll, I'll give artistic license on that point. I don't think it's the important part to harp on. But I think for me, the striking stuff is just some of that imagery, and it's really mm-hmm. a little bit disorienting. Um, we, I, uh, I live in Seattle. You've spent a huge chunk of your life living in this area, too. So we get a little bit of that being pretty far north where the sun's setting at like 9.30-ish. Uh, right. But having it set like even later... Um, it's just extremely, I don't know, it's just like that feeling of falling asleep and then waking up uh, like to the sunrise two hours later, like 3 a.m. It's like, it's just an extremely disorienting. And I think the film did a really good job of sort of taking you uh, along and creating that sort of feel where you're like, uh, I don't know how many days have passed. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going on. And it just sort of really uh, does a good job sort of establishing that so that was one of the striking things uh, for me. Um, I also thought it was a really well-acted film, and uh, I think uh, another thing that was pretty obvious to me um, is that Ari Aster, the creator, seems to have a lot of interest in sort of like just the the cultural practices up there. I don't know where he took all of those individual influences from, but everything seems mm-hmm. to be really well thought out. Just some of like yeah. the images the buildings he's making and stuff like that. He seems like someone that just has a really strong um, attention to detail. Um, This doesn't Mm. seem like a horror film that was written in two days um, and has like a really simple plot. It's, uh, it's, it's long. And what I understand the director's cut was even longer. So I think there's a fair amount that was cut too. um, that, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure that was also very well thought out. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, uh, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think that's one of the, especially the striking imagery is probably the first thing that caught my attention when I watched this movie, especially right. because, um, I mean, it's, it's hard not to compare with Hereditary. Yeah. Since that's his other movie. And, and in both movies, you can see that they're extremely well thought out. But in Her- Hereditary, everything is small. Everything is within a, a room, a house. Maybe, you know, once in a while within a building, but uh, everything is small, quiet. In fact, I mean, it, it almost tells you everything is small by, do, by having the dollhouses that uh, right. the main character right. does. And then in this one, you kind of have the opposite. Everything is large. The, most of the, the movie is, everything is large and bright, uh, except for the very beginning when things, <clears throat> when you have, you know, the... Uh, the, the, the city in, in, during winter, everything in Sweden is just colorful, green, pink, etc., all the colors of flowers, uh, and just very large sceneries where you see a lot of, you know, you see beautiful landscapes. And that, and especially having beautiful landscapes and everything looking so, you know, lush, is one of those things that attracted me to this movie, especially because it's a horror movie and it's still a very horrible movie. Like, even though that you have all this beautiful imagery, this is a classic horror. Like, it doesn't get more classic than, you know, a group of Americans fly, uh, like traveling to some place that they don't know and one by one they start dying. Right, yeah. I've seen the point made that basically the male American characters of this film are actually in a very conventional horror movie. They go to a foreign place, and as you said, they just start to have very bad uh, fates. They're also kind of all 
dicks to each other. Uh, yeah. And we see sort of their true character coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the part that, that really, the character part that really strikes it out is, is more of the Florence Pugh and the relationship aspect. Hey, I couldn't hear the last thing you said. Could you repeat it? Oh, I was saying that the the part that makes it more of an atypical horror, uh, in addition to sort of what we're talking about, just like the really striking daylight imagery, um, is uh, just Florence Pugh and the relationship aspect, who almost seems to be in a slightly different movie than the male characters who are just getting uh, bumped off, almost like a slasher film. Yeah. No, I completely agree. What? Uh, in fact, I mean... It, if you, if you think about it, and I think uh, Ari Aster actually said this in an interview, um, the movie that Florence Pugh is leaving is a breakup movie. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone else is leaving a horror movie. She's actually in a breakup movie. And, uh, and apparently uh, Aster actually had just had broken up with someone when he was writing this. And he... Uh, yeah, he put a lot of himself in the Danny character, or Florence Pugh's character. Yeah, yeah, I had heard that too. I listened to one interview with him, so it was uh, he had he had mentioned that when he was writing it, which I think was a few years before they actually started filming this. Um, uh-huh. But but uh, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah? no, it yeah. does. Have you have you been in a relationship where at the end all you wanted to do was uh, burn someone alive in uh, bearskin? <laughs> No, I have not. I have not. How about you, James? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty horrible. Although, I must say, like, so, you know, listening to different podcasts, especially uh, the one, or listening to different podcasts and reading a lot of uh, articles about the movie, uh, one thing that ca- came to mind, and I think this was explicitly stated in the, um, in, um, Spoiler special by um, Slate is how Christian, uh, the uh, Pugh's uh, boyfriend character, right. how he uh, is just a terrible person and he's like a clear antagonist. Do you have any opinions on that? Uh, I don't disagree strongly with that. Um, they do, I feel like he comes across early on as being a little more understandable uh Mm -hmm. and but like he's no he's not a good person like i I, i'm not going to dispute that yeah yeah i I wouldn't say he's a good person at all although i mean i mean what i uh uh-huh i go ahead go ahead i'll I'll go after no i i one thing i would say though is that i find christian actually a very human person Absolutely. He's not, like, bad in, like, a cartoonish sense. Uh, that's for yeah. sure. But for me, I think a telling scene was uh, the scene where the two elders jump off the cliff and, and commit uh-huh. suicide. And you sort of see, like, the two people from, I think, London uh, react yeah. horrified. And the Americans, a lot less so. Um, and they seem to be a lot less put off by the practice. Right, right. Uh Although I mean, so the 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 American characters, except for uh, Pew's character, um, they were all anthropologists, right? Right. So, yeah. 
I guess Mark slept through it, but I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have reacted. <laughs> that guy was the biggest dick of them all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are moments where you actually kind of like Mark because he's just funny, but uh, kind of an, he's definitely an asshole. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that that is probably as close to a horror archetype as you have. You're like, what are the odds of this guy surviving this movie? Uh, like 1%. <laughs> Anyways, I have a bunch of an- unanswered Mark questions we can get to later. All right, excellent. I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, one thing I, the reason I was bringing Christian actually is because out of the characteristic of his character, you know, there are many things that I feel like, I mean, I don't know about you, but that I probably would have done in the past or I've done or I actually have done in the past that his character does. Uh... Like, the dude is not a good communicator, and he's definitely a liar. But a lot of those liars, a lot of the lies, especially at the beginning of the movie, are almost, if you will, almost feel justified. I mean, the guy kind of wants to break up with uh, Danny, and, you know, and then her parents are murdered in that murder-suicide with his sister. So obviously he cannot break up with her. He's planning to tra- uh, travel to sw- uh, Sweden, and tell. And, and by the way, yeah. So I was gonna say with a uh, with a timeline. Uh, Danny's family is killed in winter, and there is one transition where they have the window looking outside and everything is snowing, and then it cuts into the next shot where it's summer in the city. Oh, uh, okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. That would make sense. I'm sure. It- that that would make sense as far as transition. I must have missed that shot. Yeah, it's. I mean, I saw it three times yeah, <laughs> so at yeah, this yeah. point. Because <laughs> um, I, I was confused the first time I saw it too. But yeah, so there is a quick transition where they, it's it's summer and uh, and that's when uh, uh, Florence finds out about the trip. But what's funny? Uh, what I one thing that Christian did there is where, you know, he's clearly a liar is, you know, they, they're talking about the trip and, 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 and Florence just finds out and she's like, wait, what trip? And he's like, oh, this trip that uh, we, we're considering doing. And the other person's like, considering? No, we're going to Sweden. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm not sure about myself yet. Yeah, yeah. He has the ticket and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, he continues to lie until fully confronted and then, you know, he tells the truth, but he acts like the victim. Right. And then later, uh, he tells his friends, he's like, hey, by the way, I invited Danny. She accepted. Yeah. But she's not going to come. And they're like, what? <laughs> I, I really liked how they did those early scenes. If we're going to get into sort of the American scenes. I thought it was very realistic. It felt like something yeah. that like would happen. I mean, we are probably a little bit now older than the characters in the film, Christian and Danny uh-huh. and whatnot. But like, it feels like, those feel like real interactions of like, kind of like a graduate college campus it's like yeah and and it feels yeah i i can totally understand that and christian yeah he's kind of a chicken shit but you can at least sort of understand where he's coming from to yeah to some extent and the film i i'd say the film does a really good job early on the scenes are very economical and just short of establishing it yeah and you know as establishing basically every each character i mean right and you know the moment one scene I wanted to point out too is the one where uh, Christian, Mark, and uh, Pell, and uh, uh, who's the last guy? Josh. Josh. 
they're they're sitting at the place, and then Danny comes up, and he's like, he's like, oh, I invited her, but she's he's, she's not going to come. And then like, <laughs> and then she shows up, and she's like, oh yeah, I guess I'm coming. Um, and Pal seems to be the only one that really wants her to come. Um, but one thing that happens in that scene is that Mark asks to see uh, Christian in in the room, and I kind of uh-huh. thought we were going to cut to the room and we would see that conversation, um, but. It, the film chooses not to. It stays with Danny and Pell, and we see that, which is actually much more interesting. Because I think we would, if we saw the Mark uh, Christian conversation, I'm pretty sure we know exactly how that's going to go. Mark's going to be like, yeah. he's Mark asked to help him with like a paragraph, but it's like, no, it's like we don't want to go. Uh, and Christian's like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. It's like we know exactly where that conversation goes. So I thought it was actually kind of a smart choice not to show it and instead to linger yeah. with Danny and. Pell turns out to be at that point. I didn't even know Pell was going to be uh, such an integral part of the movie. So I think right. sort of uh, showing that first part, I think was uh, was uh, interesting, and I think probably the right move. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, very good choice, and and also, you know, showing because Josh. In in those scenes, he's a little bit more forgettable, but that's because you know he's sort of obsessed with the, his studies, right? So even then, Josh is like at the beginning, he tries to act like uh, he, he's actually interested in her going. He's like, "Oh, so so you're going to Sweden?" And she's like, "Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, I'm gonna go to that corner to read." Yeah. And then he completely disappears. Yeah, you like microwave something or something? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, no, it's uh, one thing I really liked about I liked about the movie is how these characters who are all uh, I mean Josh, Mark, and uh, Christian they are archaeologists, right? Or archae- was it archaeologists? Yeah, no, anthropologists. Anthropologist. Yeah. yeah, they're anthropologists, and they are actually probably the most culturally insensitive and people insensitive yeah. <laughs> individuals. So, what what do you think Mark's thesis was on? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Th- like, there's, mm-hmm. how did this guy get into the anthropology program? Just just gonna ask that. Yeah, what what's this guy's thesis on? <laughs> Probably women. <laughs> there's actually one scene when uh, when they when they just arrived to uh, Sweden, and he's just looking at the women, and he's like. Oh my God! How can the women be so beautiful here? And Josh kind of has a joke. He's just like, "Well, uh, the Vikings, you know, conquered a lot of land, and uh, they took the their uh, the better, the more beautiful women as their pick." And Mark is like, "Really? Oh, Christian, that should be your thesis." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Mark seems more like a high school dropout than a PhD. I student. know. Uh, that being said, I was glad to have that character around uh, just to round out the curve. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. there's, like, one moment where they're taking mushrooms right, right when they get to Sweden, and then Danny's like, oh, I don't know, uh, and, and then Mark looks like he, she just, like, ate his cat, the fact that, I know. that, that they're gonna have to, he's, she's gonna make them take mushrooms, like, two hours later, it's like, wow, this guy's just, like, a dirt bag. I know, and, and actually, not even that, like... She literally said, like, I will take the shrooms later. You guys can do it right now. Yeah. And he's like, what? No, but we should all have the trip at the same time. Yeah. Like, what an idiot. <laughs> I 
I know, yeah. he's like super needy and at the same time like an asshole. I mean, he was the quickest character of... I feel like a lot of the other characters, you slowly reveal who they are. Pell especially, but also Christian. You realize kind of that he's not a great person too. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and but Mark, Mark, we know who Mark is. We know from the first 30 seconds of Mark that this guy, uh, exactly who this guy is. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it kind of makes you wonder, like, why did he even go? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I, like, he, he's the only character of them that also doesn't display much interest in the actual anthropology aspects of stuff. He, like, seems to be in there for basically spring break in northern Sweden. <laughs> By the way, uh, do you think uh, Aster was uh, uh, doing uh, a hit job to all the people who vape? Because Mark is the only character who vapes like, during <laughs> any of the scenes. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't notice that. Uh, like, if you vape, you're going to be pissing on someone's ancestral tree. <laughs> Warning time. <laughs> oh, man. I must say, though, Pelle is... Actually, especially after the, the second one time watching it, that character is probably the smartest in the entire movie. Like, the guy plays everyone, like, super well. Uh, because at the beginning, when, you, you know, uh, when, when they're at the pizza parlor in, in America, uh, Pele keeps, like, <clears throat> when they're trying to uh, convince uh, Christian to break up with uh, Danny, he's like... I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, I will be able to... Like, if I break up with her, like, what if I want her back? And, and then uh, Pelle was like, hey, there's tons of women in, uh, in Sweden. And, and you know that, like, they were pre-planning for him to have sex with that random redhead. Oh. So, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, no, so, I mean, almost everything he says, it's, it's, it, it, later it feels like, you know, he has something in mind. Like, everything... Uh, in, in many of the scenes, he, he has an idea of, of what something should turn out. And, and he... In a way, he's the most cunning. Like, that's why he ends up getting the little uh, reef and considered, like, the one, that little award when they, cho- they chose who's, who they're going to sacrifice. Yeah. But he was not one of the ones sacrificed, right? No, 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 it was his That's brother. In- Ingmar or whatever. Ingmar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think the old man who was yelling at uh, Mark for peeing on his ancestors. Okay. That, that old man had a legitimate gripe. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he's just like, he's like, put away your filthy penis from my family or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,. Another thing that uh, in this movie that I enjoyed was the overall foreshadowing. So this is something you, you will get in, in a second viewing more than the first one. But the very first painting that... Uh, the, when the movie starts, it starts off with a painting. That painting is the whole plot of the movie. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It starts off with some sort of tragedy in some dark place. Then some fools... So then, like, four, four people, one of them being a buffoon, are going to this uh, festival. Then, 
there's something else. I don't know. It just ha- the paint, paints each scene of the movie, um, which is really it's it's really it's nice to see it. I mean, in a way, you could be like, oh, all right, I saw that movie. Turn it off in the first uh, five seconds. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, the movie overall has like a lot of foreshadowing. Like, uh, you got all the all the paintings that come up in the movie have some sort of uh, significance within the plot. And then the other thing is um, uh, that game where they, when, when they're at the, at, the, at the festival, when they first arrive to the festival, everyone's playing this weird game where they're, they're holding hands and running. And one person's like, hey, what's the name of the game? And it's like, Skin the Fool. Oh, what a funny name. I think the British are like, oh, that's, that's a funny name. And uh, if you notice, all the characters that were killed, especially the Americans, uh, or especially the foreigners, they were all skinned. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean, there's, there's little Easter eggs to, for rewatching it. Um, yeah, no, I, I could see that being quite a good rewatch. I mean, we know that he puts a lot of attention to detail and, and stuff like that I would not have picked up on. I mean, like, it took me... It wasn't until the, the scene where Pell actually expressed general interest in Danny that I actually picked him up as like a character that's going to mean something more than just being one of the guys going to Sweden. So I yeah. didn't even know that, uh, I didn't like that stuff you were saying earlier. It's like, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So it's like, quite cool. Yeah. So, you know what? I, one thing I wanted to see is as a horror movie, like what, how do you characterize this? Because, I mean, we've, together we've seen a lot of horror movies. Right. You know, so, like... Like, what do you How mean? do you view it? Like, like you know, uh, I've heard in some places that they talk that this is, you know, transcends horror and, and stuff like that, which is... I comments that annoy the crap out of me, but uh, I was just wondering, like, what, what are your thoughts, you know, of the horror genre and with this movie? I mean, to me, it seems like a horror movie for sure, mm-hmm. as did Hereditary, that is a little more ambitious than normal, for sure. Tries to do a few extra things, um, and also especially takes the setting to like a whole unique new level. So uh, I guess I would say that it still follows a basic horror structure, especially in terms of the male characters getting bumped off. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I, to me, it, it's so clearly still in the horror genre. I don't know about mm-hmm. elevated or not elevated. It's certainly more ambitious than your average um, uh, horror movie, like Unfriended or, or Purge or something like that. Right, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's... I would say it's still within the levels of other classes, uh, other horrors that are considered good, like, uh, you know, The Exorcist or stuff like that, where there's a little bit more thought into it, but I wouldn't put it beyond that. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I think right. this movie, I, I mean, like, Ari Aster did Hereditary, too, so we know he doesn't hate the horror genre or anything, so I exactly. think this movie would be perfectly content to be part of the horror genre. And probably yeah. be one of the better examples of it. I mean, certainly more epic. I mean, horror movies tend to be a little shorter on average, mm-hmm. uh, but this one is the opposite of that. Um, but there are plenty of good long horror movies too, such as The Shining. Right, exactly. Uh, what, what do you think uh, was the biggest inspiration in this movie? Because, I mean, with, with Hereditary, uh, I, I personally thought was um, 
Rosemary's Baby. So, mm-hmm. you know, do, do you see any, out of the horror movies you've seen, do you see any inspiration? So Small Town, uh, I don't know if it would have been an inspiration, but it reminds me a little bit of The Wailing in the sense that it goes to this small sort of rural setting, which is always a mm-hmm. good thing. Um, I actually haven't seen The Wicker Man, but um, I've heard that tossed around, so I suspect that may have been an influence. I also think that The Wicker Man, a lot of it takes place during the day as well. Um, right. Although it's, I doubt it has like the super well-lit um, palettes that this film does. Uh, I don't know. And I suspect it does have some influences outside of horror, too. Um, right. Like, uh, talking, uh, listening to an interview with Ari Aster... He talks a lot about like his friends and stuff in Sweden, so I, 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 who are sort of in that Nordic area. So it wouldn't surprise me if he has some more just like localized influences uh, in Swedish film um, and that kind of thing too. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I it's funny because uh, Weaker Man is probably the movie that a lot of people talk about. I've actually haven't seen the original. I haven't either. It's the, yeah, I I saw the Nicolas Cage remake, okay. <laughs> which uh, if you want to see you know Nick Cage at his best, and by that I mean at his most hilarious, definitely watch uh, Wicker Man remake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a scene where he's uh, wearing a bear costume and punches a woman. What? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I'm just saying it's it's a ridiculous movie. Um, but, um, you know, what? one thing I've heard around, uh, I've been hearing around is, doing, is, is comparisons with uh, the Chainsaw Massacre. Huh. And I mean, this is a movie that, uh, you, you know, both of you and I have seen and we've seen it yeah. together. So I was wondering, you know, uh, what thoughts you, ha- uh, you have on that. Man, I'd have to rewatch it, but I don't know. I mean... I feel like the pacing of it is pretty darn different from from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The rural uh-huh. setting, I guess... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd have to simmer on that for a little bit. Um, I'm yeah. not sure. It, it was certainly not something that comes off the top of my head. What do you think about that comparison? Well, you know, like, I... I uh, so, apparently this idea came originally from Fangoria, uh, which is, uh, I guess, a, a, a site that is all about, you know, horror. I haven't read the, or- the actual art- article because um, you need a subscription and pay- to pay for that. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, read, uh, I read something uh, I think was uh, The Independent or some newspaper. Um, but the comparison that, that are done are kind of interesting because basically talk about, as you said before, you know, like, some small town, a group of teenagers going, or not teenagers, but young, young adults going to some small town and one by one getting brutally killed. And, you know, and, and the people in that town, everyone is in it, which you could say it's a sim, uh, similar to, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you have a family where everyone is in it. And, and, it, and they're completely okay with what's happening. And then, you know, there's the skinning and the wearing of people's, of other people's skin. Mm. Okay. Uh, you know, especially Mark, because uh, you have that scene where you have the, uh, the mentally disabled person wearing Mark's skin. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, those are the comparisons. And I, I think, I don't know if I would say 
I don't know. If, I I don't know if I would say they're far fetched. What I will say is that, uh, I mean, you could definitely see that there's there might be some inspiration into it. I don't know how much, but uh, especially because Chainsaw Texas Massacre was from the seventies. So I mean, you could say a lot of movies or a lot of tropes maybe originate from that movie mm-hmm. to the point that it, it got to to this one either directly or inadvertently. Okay, sure, sure. I could see elements uh, of it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, we're using the word inspiration for a reason. Because this, this is not at all a copy of any of these movies. No, no, it's quite unique. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, what other scenes or elements in the movie uh, caught your attention? Uh, caught my attention? I would say the cliff jump scene did. Uh, just yeah. cool setting. I'd say a lot of just like this, the set that they built in Sweden, or, well, I guess they filmed it in Hungary, actually. It's pretty amazing. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, like a lot of the, uh, parts, a lot of the film is just really well constructed and really striking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess if we're pointing out scenes, the cliff jump scene, and then yeah. like they added that element at the end where like the old guy jumps, but he's not totally done, and so they like, <laughs> fucking take a hammer to him. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so I feel like that scene sort of initiates you into just like, oh, stuff is about to go down. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you think Josh knew what was going to happen at this one? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I. Josh knew, which is kind of which is kind of fucked up because, uh, you know, the, the night before they're like, all right, so what's going to happen tomorrow? And he's like, oh, we're going to have you know a, 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 a morning feast, and then there's going to be the uh, a stupa. And Josh is like, a real one? And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh shit. And then someone else, uh, and then Christian's like, what is the stupa? And Josh just smiles and it's like, you'll see. Yeah, yeah. So Josh definitely knew what was going to happen, and he's just smiling, and you. And, so again, it, it kind of shows you like how yeah how non empathetic these characters are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, one difficult thing with Josh is, uh, and I suspect the same for you, is like uh, I've only seen him in one other thing, which is the good place, <laughs> where he also plays a very smart person, but uh, it's a uh, kind of a uh, opposite uh, in terms of demeanor and and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting uh, reversion, uh, reverse. Uh. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, uh, I, I'm assuming you're talking about Chidi, right? Yeah, 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 Chidi. Uh, yeah, William Jackson Harper, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, no, he's, he's like the unethical version of Chidi. Yeah, he's like evil Chidi. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it actually worked for me. Uh, the character has a long enough in the movie that he's sort of able to overcome that. And I'm like, okay, this is not cheaty. Uh, so, yeah. so I'm, uh, I'm in support of that. I think it's always tough for some of these actors that get cast in these roles that are super long lasting, uh, to avoid getting typecast. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh no, he's playing another academic. Uh, but he's playing a very dark version of an academic in comparison to, uh, the good place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I actually was scared. I was also scared for the same reason at first. But uh, yeah, he overcomes that. Um, so about the uh, the the elder suicide, if you will. 
one thing that caught my attention, or if you will, and not, not just in this movie, but uh, another parallel with uh, Hereditary, is that Aster hates heads, or he loves destroying them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, that's true. Uh, I mean, the only country I can think of that severs heads a lot in films is uh, Japan. Oh. Uh, in horror films and in samurai films, of course. But uh, other than that, Ari Aster is probably uh, the king outside of Japan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he replaced those scenes in the movie a couple of times, too. Especially the, uh, both the mallet scene and, uh, and, the, and the, when the, wom- the, the woman, when she hits her head uh, against the rock, it's very slow motion to make sure that you see how her skull is breaking. I mean, this, it's a gory movie. Yeah. So, so I know this is the sort of thing that's going to rub people the wrong way. Or some people are going to like this and some people aren't. Where do you fall on that spectrum? On the gore? Yeah. Um, I think it was... <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I usually am I'm, I'm not... I, I do not like gratuitous gore too much. Or let's put it more. Let's okay, more more clearly. I think in a lot of movies just uh, take advantage of the gore, and they have very little outside of the gore. A good example would be you know uh, Hostel, but gore itself doesn't turn me off. It's just more of uh, if if that's the only thing your movie has, it's not a good movie. I think here the movie. Uh, I think here the movie actually was. You know, there was definitely some gore. I don't know if it was gratuitous, but uh, I think it was somewhat justified. Okay. How about you? I'm pro gore. I, I like it. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm actually okay with Hostel, and uh, uh, I I think it's not good to have make a movie just for the gore. But like for right. me, it's an additional sort of stylistic element that I'm like. That that works for me. It, it's yeah, like no, it gets I, a reaction out of me, and and uh, uh, I don't hate it um, particularly. I yeah, I like that. Uh, actually, one one thing, especially in this movie, that I thought the gore was sort of, in fact, l- nice to see is. It was very bright. It was in the middle of the morning where you see this heads completely splitting apart. So I mean, especially if you like gore, I think. This is a new way of enjoying it. Uh, so most of the movies, even gory movies, the gore happens, you know, at night. It happens in a dark place. So sure, you might see a lot of blood, but uh, everything is muted. Here, you know, you have this beautiful scenery, and then right in front of you, you have a head, like, breaking like a watermelon. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's one of the things that will stick with you after this film is just some of those, like, like very beautiful but totally horrific images um, yeah. of like uh, I was about to say of Chidi's leg sticking up in the air jo- Josh's <laughs> leg sticking in the air uh, <laughs> that would have uh, a good thing they didn't accidentally put that in the last episode of The Good Place otherwise it would have become a much darker darker film maybe that's why Chidi actually was in The Good Place they, they didn't really tell you the real truth <laughs> oh man <laughs> he, he was lying the whole time okay yeah <laughs> so you know uh, one thing 
about this movie that, if you will, I, I find maybe a, a discussion in the movie that I find interesting is how, you know, especially with the killing of the elder, you know, you mentioned the, the, the American characters, they were very unmoved by it. And one explanation that uh, Christian gives, because when Danny's like, you barely seem affected, and he's just like, no, no, I mean, it was fucked up, but I'm trying to keep an open mind, though. It's cultural. You know, we keep elders in, in homes. They probably find that horrifying. And, you know, uh, it, it opens up the question about uh, cultural relativism. I don't know if you heard about yeah, yeah. Uh, that. And I mean... You know, like, what are your thoughts on that, if any? Well, I feel like Christian's defense of it is a totally rationalization of it um, and mm -hmm. should not be taken too seriously. Um, but I don't know. It is a real conversation of it, especially when it comes to, like, if you're a vegetarian and you're going to another place uh, and someone, like, makes you meat, is it disrespectful to turn that down? Um, right. Stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have, I feel like this is one of those topics that it's good to think about and ponder, but where everyone mm -hmm. lands will be a little bit different from one another. I don't think it's something where there's an obvious right or wrong answer, but, uh, as far as like cultural, uh, what cultural practices are okay on, from, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I you know, and you could say it's a controversial topic because, as I said, like there, there's no bright line. I mean, your example of vegetarian is a very good one. Uh, and then you could go into, okay, maybe you're not vegetarian, but you go into a culture where they eat dogs or cats or dogs, you know, yep. and, 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 and can you judge them? You know, is it okay to judge them? And, and you keep on climbing. And, you know, the, the explanation they give in the movie and I mean, all these characters, clearly the elders, they're all killed at age of 72, you know, and their explanation is they want to die, the elders, and our culture allows them, and in fact, we promote them dying. What is wrong with that? Now, the killing of other people, sure, <laughs> not, 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 not the same, but here is, you know, what is wrong with that? And... Uh, and I actually like the fact that this movie takes place in Sweden because I think for a, an American audience especially, or, you know, or more like audience that are white, if this movie had taken place in Asia or Africa with the same plot and all that stuff. Or South America. Or South America, like, or like a native area of South America. Right. Um, the reactions would have been different. Like here, you're almost like, I right. feel like some some people are like, oh yeah, no, it makes sense, you know, this, uh, or or some people maybe might be horrified, but if they are in like a black area or native area or an Asian area, uh, it almost feels like an attack. Right. No, I think that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. I think that's an important thing to consider. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we do have a history of these sorts of films where uh, they it. I mean, uh, Eli Roth's one, Green Inferno, um, which uh -huh. I think was inspired by a lot of those Italian uh, Italian cannibal films too, um, mm -hmm. which go to these sort of like native contexts and show it. We process it in a totally different way because these guys are like from super developed 
Sweden. I mean, from the rural backwater paganism part of it, but uh, it's just totally different, um, the fact that they are this. Even, uh, even uh, I mean, for me, as an American, also, I think of it differently than even the hillbillies in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, where yeah. they're kind of like from this different part of America uh, that, uh, that I exist in. Um, so I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe if you talk to someone in Sweden, maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, this is kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. These are the crazy pagan hillbillies in our mountains. But for me, I, I, that's not how I uh, process the film, at least on the first go around. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, that's one thing definitely I like to keep in mind. Or, or that were some questions that I basically popped in my head. Another, another one actually with, with that is Sweden itself. So this is one of the real reasons why I picked this movie and, you know, it might be offensive on my side. Uh, you know, right now, uh, this is 2020, it's uh, summer, but I've been wanting to, uh, to, to talk about this movie since we started the podcast due to COVID-19. And the reason is uh, most of the world that recognized that COVID-19 it was a real thing. So let's ignore Brazil for a second and Trump. Most of the world was said, all right, well, you know, our elders will die if uh, they're exposed. So we're going to go into quarantine. People are going to have to wear, you know, masks. Uh, restaurants will have to close. And Sweden took a different perspective. And Sweden basically also recognized, oh, yeah, COVID-19 is real and it's killing our elders. What are we going to do? Keep things as normal because after a, after a while, there's going to be herd immunity in which uh, all the people who didn't die but caught it will, will be completely fine. <laughs> and, 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 and you see that perspective and then you watch this movie and they're like, oh, yeah, people at 72, yeah, we, we kill them because, <laughs> you know, uh, like, uh, th that's our culture. Fuck him. <laughs> and it almost <laughs> felt like the same way. Huh. It's sort of like sacrificing their elders in a certain way. Yeah, so for, for, yeah. The, for the greater of the uh, community. Well, I'm not going to advocate for sacrificing the elders at 72, but would it be such a bad thing if our presidents had, weren't allowed to run at 72? Oh, I mean, that's completely different. I, completely, <laughs> I, I, I would say that that's... Uh, that would be a fine argument, uh, having yeah. an age limit for president and for Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Well, I think, I what, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked enough about uh, just sort of the relationship between those two in the movie. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to um, just mention is, is, yeah, I think it's interesting now that we're moving on to the cultural practices. For, like, a huge chunk of the movie, um, you're kind of like... Uh, from Pell's short conversations with Danny, you're just sort of like, oh, maybe these uh, this community is sort of onto something. It's sort of like they're looking out for each other. And he mm -hmm. portrays it in a really compelling way in the sense of like Danny has just suffered this sort of tremendous loss. And uh, he talks about how he's lost in the past, but how he had the support and stuff like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. in we talk about how this film is two different movies in one sort of the male characters getting killed uh, by that aspect of, of the pagan cult. Um, but also, like, Danny does seem to find real refuge and support amongst, uh, amongst the uh, commune of people. So yeah. we do see that part of it. Um, it yeah. 
I don't think the yeah. film comes out as pro-pagan cult or anything like that. But it is interesting to see that aspect of it uh, uh, sort of bared out. I, I, I agree. I, I think, um, I mean, if you view it in, in Danny's perspective, this movie has a happy ending. Yeah. 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 I, and I think you and I are both on board with these sort of like twisted, messed up, happy endings. Uh, I personally really like them, so uh, I was uh, I was like ah. I, I think I realized where they're going with it about an hour before it's going to go. Uh, like oh. after he gave that speech, I was like, oh, I think I know what's going to happen uh, just from what I'd heard about the film and stuff. Didn't, I see. but I still thought it was effective uh, the way that they did it, and I was like, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like the way they plotted that. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I'm going into the. Uh, to her character and her life, one thing about the community and, and the culture, and, and you know, going back to the whole cultural relativism, uh, is that I mean, there, there are some elements of this culture that are really good, uh, and, and uh, as you mentioned, and one of them is their empathy. Uh, Danny in America is alone. Her parents were killed. Her sister commits suicide all in one night. Her boyfriend really. He's only consoling her because... He can't find out how to break up. Exactly. And uh, there is a scene, and actually in my third viewing, I noticed that when, when it shows who she had called, and she had called actually numerous people, and none of them had answered the phone. Oh. So she was really, she was really alone. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, and to cope with things, she's like taking anti-anxiety pills, right? And, and then she goes from that to really getting a family where when she cries, everyone is crying with her. Right. Amazing scene. I really like how it culminated in sort of that, where we have Christian doing what he's doing uh, in the other place, and she's crying, and they're crying with her. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was uh, one of the better scenes of the second half. I, I, th I thought so, too. I think so, too. And although, um, you know... Actually, jumping a little bit into that sex scene <laughs> where Christian is doing what he's doing. In the movie, you don't feel bad about, uh, about Christian. In, it, in that scene, at least. Or do you? What do you mean? Feel bad about what? Like, like do you feel bad for Christian in that, movie, in that scene where he's having sex or in any of those area, moments? I don't know. I, I felt aloof from Christian. I see. Yeah, because I, mm -hmm. I don't oh, know if I, I don't know if I wanted Christian to die uh, in the way he did, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't. I don't know. I was just like I don't know. For me, when I said I, I, I thought that was a great scene. I'm talking specifically about the Danny stuff, not not necessarily yeah. Christian part, but the, the contrast there is important. Right. Of course. I yeah, mean. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. I, I do think that it's amazing, actually, the juxtaposition into into this uh, the, uh, in both both those scenes because you have him having sex and all these naked women moaning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then her uh, wail, wailing of sorrow, basically, and all these women uh, wailing with her. But there, the thing about Christian that that scene, the, the reason I ask is like you know, it sounds like you didn't feel anything. If you think about it, Christian was kind of being raped. I mean, he was drugged, literally. He, he was, was drugged, yeah. Like, super drugged. Like, yeah. 
every time he was trying to get out of the drug, like uh, out of the effects of the drug, like there was an old man in, in dinner that like claps in front of his face, and the world just completely uh, changes in his eyes, in Christian's eyes. And he's like, "Why do you do that?" And then later, you know, they they make him like smell stuff. So I mean, the entire even the even the uh, the drink when they give it to him, granted, he's drugged out of his on purpose, like he himself like chooses to be drugged right. for sure. But I, I do think there is, a, especially in the whole concept of consent and all that stuff, there is a, a little bit of a, right. of a question. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's being heavily manipulated. I, interesting. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I kind of think that, thinking about it now, that if uh, we, so throughout those scenes, we're getting the juxtaposition of the two images. And so we're seeing Danny starting from sort of that, that dancing competition and we're seeing Christian getting drugged, basically. And then they're very distant throughout the whole part, which I think is important. And Christian's sort of standing out. But I think if the film had been more just, or at least even that sequence had been more straight from Christian's perspective, I think it would have played out uh, in our minds, or at least in my mind, uh, quite a bit differently. And maybe probably made would have been made, oh man, they're taking advantage of him, rather than mm-hmm. like him being a bad person. Because now that you right. say it, uh, I, I am a little more sympathetic towards Christian in, in this uh, scene. Just the fact that he has, uh, uh, I don't know, they're, they're, he's being heavily manipulated and basically roofied uh, yeah. into doing this. So, Yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, actually, this is something I noticed, especially in my second viewing. Um, the third viewing reinforced it. He's, in the dinner, the dude is crying. He's like, what's going on? And like, just people are fucking with him. And he's just kind of basically like, his eyes are all teared out. I mean, he has, he's all teared eyed because, yeah, he's <laughs> definitely being uh, manipulated. Uh, he's being used. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's one of those scenes where, again, if the roles were, were switched, I think we would have uh, cared more too. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Um, another, well, another thing is from this movie I do find funny is how this American archaeologist, uh, uh, I keep on saying archaeologist, uh, anthropologists, uh, they, they know so much and yet they, they, they know so little. So like there's that scene where uh, when they first arrive and, and one of the Swedish person, uh, persons is like explaining something and, and Josh is like, oh, these other people from this other culture do the same thing. And the guy's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens a couple of times, um, especially to Josh because, you know, he's such a know-it-all. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of the comedy of the film. You didn't see this film at all in theaters, did you? No, I wish I did, especially yeah. for the imagery and the I've, cinematography. I've heard, yeah, the cinematography would be amazing. Because I've heard uh, a few of the commentaries talking about how it's it's like a pretty funny movie. Uh-huh. That, I can't say that was totally my experience watching it. Um, uh, but oftentimes with those things, it's like a lot of the humor comes across uh, if you watch it with a community of people or with others. Um, so... Uh, but I, I, for me, a lot of the anthropology stuff and them nerding out, Josh nerding out and them talking about it was like lightly funny. And it's kind of like yeah. what, what they use to sort of cut the tension. 
and that stuff sort of carries a lot of the first two thirds of the movie. Them just yeah. like, um, yeah, I, I saw actually a really good point uh, made uh, in a podcast, the big picture. Actually, they're talking about this, um, and they're saying that the fact that these are anthropology students and Josh in particular is interested in doing his thesis on these cultures gives the film an excuse for him to ask a lot of questions to these people. Mm. So we get to just learn a lot more about them. Um, and for me, I, I oh, can't wow. say I'm particularly fascinated with sort of, uh, the anthropology of pagan paganism in Sweden, but, uh, it is, uh, it, it's a good point. Uh, and, and that stuff does play a really important part, uh, at the bare minimum in just establishing a really neat setting. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. Uh, the that you know, anthropology is a very good excuse to to basically have a bunch of exposition given to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels really natural. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, besides that, who was your favorite character? <laughs> Uh, I'd say by default, um, Danny. Just All right. yeah, Florence Pugh did a great job. I I don't know if we mm -hmm. said that quite enough, but she's really really good in this movie. Uh, she is. Yeah. Yeah. No, she definitely. I mean, you you are in pain with her in most of the movie, especially when she's she's crying. I mean, most of the movie is her actually holding uh, holding holding it, which makes it even which is even more impressive because you know right. Um, and we realize how alone she is. I mean, like mm -hmm. the one support she has is like not a very good leg to lean on. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on, on that view, I actually think that the actor who portrayed Christian, uh, what's his name again? Um, <laughs> I also don't know, I know his name. I know. Um, Jack Rayner. Okay. Jack Rayner. All right. Well, I I, th I do think that he was really good because throughout the movie, I mean, the, the, the guy, as you said, he kind of looks like Chris Pratt, which is, you know, a silly dude, right? Uh, and a very harmless dude. But even though horrible things are happening to him, the way he acts makes it so you're like, ah, I don't care that much. Because, you know, throughout the movie, especially whenever his relationship with Danny, you know, he's very dismissive about most things that Danny asked for. You know, like when she's talking about how the British people sort of disappeared and he's like, oh, oh no. All right, let me, conti let me continue asking about the, uh, your culture. <laughs> and, you know, other scenes where basically he says the right things, but he clearly doesn't care. Right. Yeah, no, I'd say he did a good job with that for sure. Uh, his character feels super real. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a great foil, uh, great second half of that relationship, part of that relationship to really just show you um, how alone Danny is. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts about the movie? Uh, nothing big. Uh, I had a couple. Uh, I had a couple random things, and, and then uh, just like I guess my very mild criticism of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's that's what we're here for. Yeah. So, <laughs> random stuff. Uh, the meat tarts. Do you think that was human? They're eating. Huh? Because that's immediately I... where my mind went. 
Like, they're well, skinning them? They have some extra meat, you know? That's a good question. I want to... S- I want to say no, uh, but maybe, uh, but pro- actually no, probably not. And, and the reason is because they have, hadn't killed anyone yet in the scene. They, so they had maybe killed the British people. They, I think, actually, yeah, you're right. Maybe they killed the British people, but I don't think that's enough meat for the entire community. I don't know. You add a little bit of onion, a little bit of flour, you know, a little bit of flour. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, I, maybe I, I, it's a blend, a little bit of uh, pig meat and humans. I mean, yeah, maybe they mixed it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they definitely mix other things yeah. like pubes. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Another question. Frozen 2 had a black person in their community how come this black, How come this community in uh, in Sweden did not? Oh man, I didn't even see Frozen Two, so I don't know. Uh, we, th- that deserves more research. I think uh, we need to ask. Uh, <laughs> we need to ask Aster wh- why he's so racist and he didn't include. I, th- I think we need to least... ask Josh, and he can explain to us what's going on there. <laughs> he understands. Him. Well, I mean, isn't Frozen uh, uh, in Norway? Yeah, is Norway does Norway have like one percent black people and Sweden has zero percent or something? <laughs> maybe. I mean, yeah. you know, it it deserves more research. I think uh, maybe yeah. a couple of Wikipedia searches yeah. uh, might uh, clear this out. Yeah. How much do you think this would have cost on Airbnb experience? Ooh. Well, yeah, it has to be prepaid. Yeah. It's. I like, mean, there's. It's like there, a week. I don't, that's true. It, it, I mean, it was fi- the, the festival is five days, but they they only en- it, to me I think they only enjoyed three days before they died. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the burning of the house because uh, which is which actually going into the your your whole uh, not being nighttime and being so far north it, and it, it feels like a long time, but I think the the entire Sweden parts take. Are, like happen in three days only, but uh, to answer your original question, I don't know. I mean, would you go? To, how much would you pay for uh, for five nights in the middle of nowhere with no Wi-Fi and no TV? I don't. Know. Oh, actually, they they had TV because they were watching Austin Powers. That's right, and it's also an expensive country, so it's probably like thousand dollars at least. Maybe but no Wi-Fi though. Yeah. You have to drive to, okay. and you have to drive to the middle of nowhere. Seven eighty, all right. Seven eighty. Yeah, the whole five days. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, more because you're getting fed for free. Yeah, um, but if you get bumped off in the middle, do you get it prorated? Uh, but who, who do they pay that money to? <laughs> I don't know. They just charge, charge your credit card. <laughs> 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 they return your credit card. The bank gets the money back. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think they pocket the money. It's a pretty good business, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> although, although it only happens uh, once every ninety years. Yeah. Um, all right. So the one line I laughed at was where uh, the two British. I think it's the British girl is like, "Why did Simon leave?" Uh, and then they're like trying to convince her that he left in a truck. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we considered having you sit on her." But we don't break traffic laws. 
Uh, for yeah. me, like the delivery of that line was really funny. Uh, that was probably the for me the funniest part of the movie. Um, really, what? Not the Lyme disease conversation? No, <laughs> I don't know. Which which actually keeps on coming back over like in yeah. the background. I I, I enjoyed uh, those little like background conversations, especially with Mark, because Mark is freaking out about uh, ticks and Lyme disease. And then later, there's a scene like much later at night. There is a. You know, uh, I think two people are having a, a regular conversation. You hear Mark in the background saying, hey, could you check my bed for uh, ticks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is why you've seen the film three times and I haven't. It's like I'm not going to pick up on that stuff immediately. I know. Uh, yeah. it's, it's one of those weird things, yeah. like little gems. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I did find funny the uh, sitting on, on his lap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one question, actually, my my partner had about about this movie is, wouldn't they get caught? Like, wouldn't this community get caught? I mean, uh, you have these Americans going, and then no one is coming back. Yeah, they probably would. Yeah, I don't know. I I give it. I give it. I mean, it seems like they were even willing to let Christian live, although maybe he was paralyzed. A uh, little yeah. unclear. Um, I mean, Florence Pugh could still report them. Right, but I mean, she's staying there, clearly. She yeah, I mean, that's the implication. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, they, they only do it every 90 years, so uh, it's not, you're not going to have a huge uh, criminal precedent with that. True. Although, how do you think Pelle's parents died? Oh, I have no idea. Because Pelle explains that they died in a fire. Hmm. I don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, they explain that, uh, you know, Midsommar, uh, their, their celebration is, you know, once every 90 years. But you don't know what other fucked up shit they do throughout. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe winter solstice, they do some other fucked yeah. up shit. And that's every three years or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite possible. Um, but especially. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, if stuff like that is a little more spelled out. But. I don't know. I, I, from what I know about the film and what it is, I'll, I'm inclined to just believe them at their word that it's every 90 years. All right. True, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I apparently in, in an interview, Astor did say something like, oh, no, the festival isn't over, though. There's still two more days. Kind of saying, like, more things could, ha- could have happened. Like, it's, that's <laughs> kind of open-ended. Wow. So we don't um, even get, make it to the fifth day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, for you, would you say, uh, well, let me give my mild criticism first. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for me, it's just, the, I think the movie is just a little bit too long. Uh, for me, I just started to lose momentum around an hour and 45 minutes or so. Okay. And so the last 40, 45 minutes was a little more challenging uh, for me to just get through. And I, mm. I just knew exactly where the movie was going to at the point where I sort of like figured out, okay, I think I know where Florence Pugh is going to go which means all these other characters are just getting bumped off. And so right. I, I don't know if I really enjoyed the bumping off of the characters. Uh, uh, and I don't know, it kind of gave me a similar feeling to parts of Hereditary where it's just kind of like, kind of unpleasant to watch. Uh, like, mm. So, so uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm curious to see how I would like it on a re- revealing because for me, these things can go one or two ways. 
either I feel more of that where I, I know exactly what's going to happen, so I get bored a little more easily, or mm-hmm. I sort of uh, understand exactly where it's going, what it's trying to do, and I've already seen the unpleasant part, so I'm not as put off by it. So I could see it going either way, but for this initial viewing for it, it's like, I feel like I would have preferred like the two hour or 10 minute version than the two and a half hour version. That makes sense. All right, so not disagreeing with uh, the unpleasantness of the movie, what do you find unpleasant about it? I mean, people getting skinned and killed and, and hung up and stuff that put in their eyes is just, I don't know. No, it's, it's not my idea of a good uh, 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 Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but I, I thought you liked gore. I do. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It, it, the film just like lingers on it for a while. <laughs> It's like I see. The, I mean, maybe it's the case that if they sped everything up at the last half, it would be too fast uh-huh. too, because the film builds up so so well. Um, and I, I would say overall, I did still like the last half of the last bit of the film, the film as a whole. Right. So I'm not exactly sure what precisely I would chop, but I will say that I did find it a little bit to be a little unpleasant at times to uh, watch the last forty forty five minutes. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see that. Uh, I mean, what, and, and the reason I asked is because, like, maybe it has more to do with uh, the, the way the images are portrayed and the music that makes it, especially because you have, like, a dissonant music in the movie. So you're, you're uncomfortable in some, some scenes, even though nothing bad is happening. Like... Uh, the the pole dancing that uh, or you know the 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 spring dance or whatever they they called it where you know they're dancing around that uh, maypole, right? Uh, the that scene is pretty long. It's pretty long and psychedelic. I I like that scene too. I'll be honest. I I, I really no I liked it too. I actually yeah. it was one of my my favorite scenes, especially with the music the. Uh, uh, and actually how you can see Florence Pugh uh, sort of becoming one with the... Because that's where you see her becoming one with the, with the cult. Right. To the point that she, she starts speaking in, Swe- uh, in Swedish. Right, right. Uh, which, you know, is a little fantastic element there in the movie. I was, I was cool with it, yeah. Cool yeah. But at the same time, that scene was... Though it was very cool, there was... It was uncomfortable because the music itself had some dissonant uh, dissonant uh, harmonies the shots keep you know they keep on sort of uh, you have a lot of cross dissolves between different shots and you know every, and you know Christian is going to die in right. a miserable way and I feel like maybe you know that expectation plus the music plus how everything is portrayed even though very well done, it can be sort of ex- uh, exhausting. Um, I think that might be it. I think you're onto something. Also, for me, I really liked everything with Florence Pugh in that last 45 minutes. So it's almost like uh-huh. the things with Christian and I don't know uh, if any of the other characters are still alive then, but stuff with them dying where you sort of know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I would have been okay with them cutting out like some of the sex scene, even though it's kind of necessary to do at least some of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I would have cut, but uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know how, when you were mentioning how you're, you have some uh, 
messed up taste, especially in the gore. I have some messed up sense of humor. So on the sex scene, I, I did laugh at least once. Okay. <laughs> because there's that scene where, uh, you know, you have all these women and then there's this like old woman just gets getting behind Christian and starts pushing him yeah, yeah, yeah. from like pushing him from behind. And I thought that was just like the level of absurdity and just uncomfortness that how uncomfortable it is. It just like made me laugh. Um, I don't know if it's nervous laughter or just a cruel sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess the lingering of those kind of scenes and all those uh, weird folk songs that they're singing that and you don't know what they what they're singing either. Right. That, yeah. 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 No, I can see that. I can see that. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's just my very mild criticism, is that for me, like, uh, this film was, like, very close to one of the best horror films I've seen in, like, the last ten years for, like, mm-hmm. two-thirds of the film, and then, like, I downgraded just a little bit in the last third mm. of the film um, because of that. So I still really enjoyed the film, I would say, overall, and definitely recommend people see it, especially if you're into horror films, uh, mm-hmm. because it there are some really, really amazing parts of this film, but, and I really respect the ambition of just the whole thing. But for me, just parts of that last bit didn't quite work. Where, but what about you? I'm curious where you put this in sort of like, uh, your horror canon of like more recent horror or just in general, like, is this like top, top, top tier, or is this like a little bit below? No, I mean, I would put this within the top tier of, of the horror movies I've seen. Okay. I mean, Although I've seen quite a bit of horror movies, it's not like I've seen, I'm like, a, I'm not a movie file to the level of seeing like every single horror in the world. I mean, as I said before, I haven't even seen uh, Wicker Man, which I know it's like a classic. That yeah. It's like a must-see classic. But uh, out of the movies I've seen, especially uh, the, you know, more recent horror movies, I would definitely put this in, in the high end. And maybe it's because of, how beautiful uh, the cinematography is, and it's not super common to see, you know, bright, sunny, beautiful cinematography in such a dark movie. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It's amazing how much they did for $9 million. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and, and, and definitely beyond that, all the, this, the psychedelic scenes, that one thing that stood out to me in this movie is that many times you didn't know whether things were moving or not because all the characters were on drugs. I mean, one thing about the movies, every single character, whether it's the good guys, or well, not, not good guys, but whether the protagonists or all the other cult per- people, they're all fucking drugged. So in, throughout the movie, you see plants breathing, <coughs> flowers moving. Right. Uh, and I thought that was very striking because many times you don't know. Uh, there's moments where you don't know what's real. Uh, like uh, the scene where you see one of the British guy, the British guy who you find, you find him dead. And uh, they did something that I looked up that's called uh, uh, blood, blood Eagle, which is that they take out your back ribs and then they pull out your lungs to make it look like uh, they are wings. And 
I guess it's been described in some like um, Scandinavian folk tales yeah. as a torture, but it's, it's like a folk torture. Torture. I don't know if it's real, right? But they do it in the movie, and the and you see the lungs, and it looks like he's breathing, but yeah. obviously he's been killed a while ago. So it's like, is that a drug? One of the, you know, was that because of the drugs? And then same with the uh, uh, with uh, Florence Pugh speaking in Swedish. Was she speaking in Swedish or was she just, uh, you know, in reality saying gibberish? But they they're both talking gibberish and they understand each other because of uh, the drugs. Right, right, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, um, how do you like this? So I'm guessing you like this one more than Hereditary, then. Yes, I do. Uh, I I really liked Hereditary. Um, but that movie, I, I find that movie more unpleasant than this one. Hereditary um, is pretty unpleasant, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, one thing about both of these movies, uh, uh, that one similarity that this, both these movies have uh, is the personal suffering of the main character. In Hereditary, it is uh, Smollett, I think is the name of the actor. Tony Collette. Colette, sorry, I'm terrible with names. Yeah, Tony Colette's uh, suffering, you know, uh, dealing with the death of her daughter. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and this one is, you know, uh, Danny and her suffering for, due to the death of her parents and sister. And, you know, but one thing about her- Hereditary is that you have that cloud throughout the whole movie. The whole movie just feels like there's this cloud of just suffering and sorrow and this movie instead you get a little bit of a break due to the cult stuff you're like all right i'm learning about this weird ass cult and and those moments are almost like a, a breather yeah i agree uh yeah if i were to pick one to rewatch i've only seen them both once so i would probably pick midsommar at this point um mm-hmm. uh, just because i know hereditary <laughs> so much of that <laughs> film is darkness and and how it's filmed is totally different so yeah yeah uh actually now that i'm thinking of, of funny things before finishing it finishing this is two things that did make me laugh one of them was how they because uh how they picked uh who was going to be sacrificed right so you got the four newcomers you got Two volunteers from the town and two that had already died. And then the third person, the queen would pick, right? And it would be, to be between Christian and whoever came out of this lottery ball. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like, you see this whole movie, like, the close attention to detail and folksiness of almost everything he, they do. And then all of a sudden they have this fucking lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's almost like out of Better Call Saul. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and like it's just some random guy who you've never heard of. Yeah, and you know it's like Florence and uh, Florence Pugh. Of course, is just gonna pick Christian. Yeah. Uh, so there was there was that part that actually I thought was pretty funny, and the other part I, I thought was funny is uh, in the sacrificial house where you know they're gonna burn stuff. The two volunteers they give them this like thing from a yew tree. Mm. I don't know what that is, but they're like. Please t- take this. It'll make it so uh, so the fire doesn't burn. And, you know, you're like, oh, okay, at least they're sedated. And then you see them burning and they're like screaming in excruciating pain. 
<laughs> and you're like, okay, well, that whole yew tree is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have to wait, like, half an hour for it to kick in. Oh, they did it wrong. Yeah, they didn't read the uh, instructions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every time they burn someone, they haven't got their uh, customer feedback. It's like, how would you rate your experience? One to five stars. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in pain after you were burnt off? Oh, no shit, answer. you were. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No answer. That's yeah. a five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, well, do you have any final thoughts about this movie? Nope, I think I, uh, I, think I hit everything I wanted to. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think I, think, uh, I did too. I think, uh, I don't know, I think this is a, a nice... Lovely summer movie yeah. to watch with uh, your loved one. Yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, I was gonna say good uh, date movie, but good first date movie. You know, I know a very <laughs> wholesome movie. Yeah, yeah. It's um, about family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the value of community uh, in the rural Swedish countryside um, during <laughs> a midsummer festival. Actually, would you would you ever go to uh, Hellskard? Um, no. I don't think no? so. Yeah. I think, I, what about I, I think I'm good. Because <laughs> Hellskart, apparently, I mean, that's a real region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you go to Sweden? After I'd, this movie? I'd, I'd go to Sweden, yeah. To Stockholm? Yeah, Stockholm. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I can't say that Nordic countries have been super high on my list to go to, but uh, this film... I can't say it's made me more likely to go. I'm sorry. I just can't. <laughs> Actually, one, one criticism I, 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 I have seen about this film uh, is how it follows that whole cliche of, you know, if you're American and you go to Europe, you're going to be fucked. <laughs> That's and true. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, you can see that. I mean, hostel, good example. Uh, all the hostels. <laughs> yeah um, taken taken yeah you know uh, the lessons in general is like if you're American yeah don't go to fucking Europe but what what I mean obviously there are these people but what kind of weirdos are taking like the oh should I go to this country is advice from like random horror movies dude there are a lot of dumb people out there yeah well I mean Sweden this this will do them a favor because those dumb people don't deserve to go to Sweden <laughs> very very good point very good point yeah uh, uh, yeah no but yeah after watching this movie I don't think I feel any stronger or less strong to go to Sweden yes uh, yeah it's, it's, it's never been a country in my radar to be like oh you know what I, I really want to experience a, a horrifying cold in the winter and no daylight or the opposite daylight Without any, any sunset. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the takeaway is don't do drugs in Europe. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, uh, you know, this is, that's it for me on, on this movie. Yeah. Uh, do, we, do we have any... Anything uh, coming up, Mr. Shergan? Yes, uh, another Italian crime film called Street Law. 
All right. And what does that mean? Street law. Oh, street. Oh, never mind. Law I, of I, the street. Street law. I, I, thought, I thought you just yelled out some Italian words. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> no, street law. I was speaking street English. Law. Yeah. Got it. I don't know. I mean, all yeah. the Swedish languages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll we'll um, have a new episode in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, looking forward to speaking with you about movies here in uh, Film to Film, the best podcast in the world.